This is Mover Scott from the Imagination Movers, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, Andy Woodhall spent years preparing to get into stand-up comedy. I basically had two notebooks full of Seinfeld jokes. I mean, they weren't Seinfeld jokes, but they were jokes that Seinfeld would tell. But they weren't good enough. We'll hear more from Andy in just a little bit. Rush Limbaugh rocks us like a hurricane. The RNC has an interesting theme for one of the nights of their upcoming convention in Tampa. And Mitt Romney will Skype us. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Democrats expressed confidence today that President Obama won't be delivering his acceptance speech at next month's convention in Charlotte at a partially empty stadium. While the first few days of the convention will be held at Time Warner Cable Arena, the last day, including Obama's acceptance speech, will be held at the sprawling Bank of America Stadium. What better place to show you're cracking down on Wall Street and really aligning yourself with mainstream America than giving your acceptance speech at Bank of America Stadium? Buckingham Palace has requested that British newspapers not show photos of Prince Harry's naked romp in Las Vegas. The Buckingham Palace media relations people have clearly never heard of something called the Internet. Nicole Kidman's new V Magazine photos are almost as hot on the web as Prince Harry's Vegas photos. The star, 45, goes topless for the cover of the magazine's travel issue, and inside she talks about her new movie, The Paperboy. V Magazine hoped to sell thousands of issues with a topless Kidman on the cover. Uh, to people who apparently haven't heard of the internet either. By the way, if you're covering your top with your hands, you're not topless. How do I know you're really topless? You can't have your back to the camera. It's a bunch of jive. She's not topless for no magazine. 50 years after launching their careers, three of rock music's most celebrated acts are doing little to celebrate. Bob Dylan, the Beatles, and the Rolling Stones each passed the half-century mark this year, with none of the fanfare typically accorded with such milestones. The Eagles have a grand 40th anniversary plan for 2013, and the Beach Boys saluted their 50th anniversary with this year's reunion album and ambitious world tour. So where's the confetti for Bob Dylan, the Fab Four, and the Stones? They don't need it, says Josh Jackson, Paste Magazine editor-in-chief. There are no artists bigger or more iconic, he says. They're still in the public eye. The Beach Boys needed a 50th anniversary tour to call attention to themselves. Uh, Jackson neglected to mention that the Beach Boys kicked everyone's ass this summer. Now I remember why I don't read Paste. Wally or Johnny Five? How about loyal Jetsons Maid Rosie? Which of these fictional robots deserves a space in the Robot Hall of Fame? Created in 2003 at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, the Robot Hall of Fame recognizes excellence in robotics technology, both real and fictional. So far, the Hall has honored 21 robots, including such robo-stalwarts as NASA's Mars Sojourner rover, Honda's Asimo, and R2-D2 and C-3PO from Star Wars. Mitt Romney is not eligible for at least another four years. Even as the official Republican Party continues to try to derail Missouri Senate candidate Todd Akin over his remarks about, quote, legitimate rape, unquote, a powerful force within the GOP has begun rallying to the candidate's side, the party's socially conservative base. Powerful Christians, activists in the GOP, have begun pushing back against party leadership, alleging it has gone too far in trying to thwart Akin and is attempting to sideline issues that social conservatives care about, such as abortion and made-up science. And that's been Fake News with me. Rush Limbaugh's no big city scientist, but he knows a thing or two about hurricanes.
So, you got a hurricane coming. The National Hurricane Center, which is a government agency, very hopeful that the hurricane gets near Tampa. The National Hurricane Center is Obama. Because that's what I think when I think of the president. President Obama, National Hurricane Center. Even though it's established during the Eisenhower administration. Go on, Rush. You know, we'll use the media. It's all about the hurricane hitting next week. And they're not talking about Biden. They're talking about this Hurricane Isaac thing. Well, thank goodness for Fox News. They're not falling for this nonsense. And we have a Fox News weather alert now. The National Weather Service just issued a new alert on Tropical Storm Isaac, which is gaining strength in the Caribbean right now. But of course, all eyes are on Tampa, which is preparing for 50,000 people to arrive for the Republican convention. Well, Fox News still is cable news, and cable news loves themselves a hurricane. But um, Rush, what else do you have to say? Well, you know, we who live in South Florida become experts on our own. We don't need the National Hurricane Center. We don't need all these uh, weather dolts analyzing this force. Yeah, there's one thing people in Florida have no time for. It's a hurricane forecast. Dennis joins us now with the latest forecast track just out by the NHC. Dennis? Yeah, James, and that is the big question. And if you look over the last six hours... This storm has exploded. We call it rapid intensification. This has gone from a minimal hurricane to a Category 2. Yeah, the media never talks about hurricanes. That was from last August. Uh, Action News in Tampa Bay, Florida, discussing Hurricane Irene as she was chugging through the Caribbean. Now, in fairness, Rush is right about one thing. This was recorded actually a couple of days ago, and uh, this podcast is being recorded uh, on Friday night, and uh, the storm has just passed over the island of Hispanola, and uh, they really don't know exactly where it's going to go. So they are trying to sex it up a little bit by, you know, saying, oh, it might hit Tampa. But that's only because they love storms so much it has anything to do with Obama. Well, Rush thinks he knows where it's going to hit. The models are moving it more and more out into the Gulf. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing hits in Louisiana someplace before it's all said and done. Just kidding. I don't. Nobody knows. Oh, Rush, you're a regular Ted Nugent. Did you ever see Richard Pryor live? How about Sam Kinison? How about Lenny Bruce? I'm one of them. Get over it. No, Ted, you're not. The media, you know, I, 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 I can see Obama sending FEMA in in advance. Which is crazy, because clearly you want to wait a couple of days like President Bush did in New Orleans. Okay. Just kidding, just kidding. I'm a regular Ted Nugent, too. Okay. So the RNC convention starts Monday night, and uh, the theme for Tuesday night is based on, here we go. If you got a business, that, you didn't build that. Of course, they can't base it on the whole quote. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that, you didn't build that. Not only because it screws up their narrative, but because the arena they're holding the convention in was 62% funded with public funds. So... Well, they built a third of it, but they didn't build two-thirds of it. And I'm not the first one to report this, obviously. This was actually all over the Internet. But I first saw it in a meme that a friend of mine from high school had sent around. And uh, I thought, you know, first thing, you know, me, when I see something on Facebook. It's Facebook, not Factbook. Took me less than a minute to find a report from Marquette University in Wisconsin that had a table of all of the arenas uh, that are built for hockey and basketball in North America and what to what percentage they were funded. Oddly, our socialist friends in Canada, uh, the Air Canada Arena in Toronto and the GM Place in Vancouver, BC, 0% public funds. It was all privately funded. Hmm, how about that? 
But they're still hammering away at this. In fact, they have uh, tried to drag Elizabeth Warren, the head of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and uh, Senate candidate from Massachusetts, uh, into this by saying, they're doubling down, they're doubling down. How's that? There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Aha! I knew it. There's the smoking gun. There's the... Uh, what, wait, you what? built a factory out there. Good for you. But I want to be clear. You moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. So what they're saying is, is that they did build the roads, apparently, because they're saying that Elizabeth Warren is doubling down on what President Obama said, that... Uh, that American small business people didn't build their businesses, which isn't what they said. They said they didn't build the roads. In fact, Mark Cuban was on Bill Maher's program last week agreeing. He said, no, I, I, I had help. I mean, Mark Cuban's a smart guy, by the way. And uh, I, I agree that I think if you've succeeded in business in the country, you are smart. You've done something right, clearly. But even Cuban said, you know, there was, there was help. You know, there was, there, there was roads and bridges and all the infrastructure that helped him do that. Okay, that'll be a lot of fun to watch, and uh, it'll be fun, of course, uh, watching Mitt hammer that home, and, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I've, I've left the Skype on again. Just let me grab this real quick. Uh, hello? Uh, BF, uh, Mitt Romney, how are you? Uh, good, I guess. Uh, I guess you're pretty excited about the convention, huh? You bet I am, BF. Uh, will you be watching? Um, I might tune in uh, if the broadcast network's covered. I don't, I don't have cable, and, uh, and I, I kind of have some concerns, actually, about the whole thing. Oh, well, such as? Well, first of all, I can't believe you're devoting a whole night to We Built This. What's wrong with that, P.F.? Well, it's baloney. You know perfectly well he didn't say people didn't build their own businesses. He was talking about the roads and the infrastructure. Well, even if he didn't say that, P.F., the context is still pretty bad. The context that people didn't build roads and bridges? No, the small business owners didn't build their own businesses. But he didn't say that. Well, it's still pretty bad, P.F. Okay, whatever. Um, the welfare-to-work requirement thing, too. I I've got a problem with that. Oh, yes. The president believes in just sending people a check. I think they should have to work to get that money. Uh, okay, again, he didn't eliminate the requirement. He turned part of the program over to the state, which will increase the number of people working to get welfare by 20%. Uh, yes, I don't care, P.F., what he did. Uh, th the context of it is even worse. Yes, but when you were governor of Massachusetts in 2005, you asked the Bush administration to do the exact same thing. Uh, seemingly. But I planned ahead, P.F. Y you see, I knew one day I would run for president and would want to criticize my opponent for doing just that. Yeah, but it raises the number of people working to get welfare, so I, I don't get it. Oh, well, I can immediately leave that part out, of course. But people have called you on it, and many, many independent fact-checkers have said it's completely bogus. Again, P.F., even if you didn't cut the work requirement, the context is still pretty bad. But he... You see, P.F., people work hard, and they resent the fact that someone is not working, but still getting a check. But that's not what's happening, and, and don't you get a check for not doing anything? What's that? Uh, never mind. I, I, you're still not budging on the tax returns thing, are you, by the way? Actually, I, I have them right here, P.F. Yes, uh, looking through them, I paid all my taxes uh, for the past 10 years, fair and square, uh, all well and good. Well, not really. Um... Okay, then, I must be off. Well, always good to hear from Governor Romney. Now, a lot of people, of course, are still uh, talking about the fact that Governor Romney has only released the uh, past two years of his taxes, uh, just as 
Senator McCain did, but before that, every other presidential nominee, going back, I think, to the 50s or the 40s, would release at least 10 years' worth. And uh, then you have a lot of other, well, listen to this knucklehead I found on YouTube. This is great. Now, this is just some dude who, you know, stuck a camera up in his face and uh, decided to post on YouTube as his form. And I and Matt Adam, it's good that we can do that, but uh, I'm going to run some commentary uh, whilst he is speaking here. Here you go. Here we go. All right. I got one for you. All right. Lay it on you me. You know how Obama and all his cronies are on and on and on about Romney releasing his tax forms for like the last 10 years? Like every other candidate ever has, Romney's yes. Romney's not wanting to do it. They keep mm -hmm. claiming, well, we ought to know that. We need to know where he's putting his money, if he's got money overseas and all this crap, even though that would be perfectly legal. Which it's not. You know, I got to thinking, it's like... You know, our president should be a pretty smart, well-educated guy. He is. And I look back on the past three and a half years, and I think, you know, he really hasn't done all that well. President Obama, that is. He hasn't done all that well in this job. So maybe... We, we could argue that, sure. ...college transcripts. You know those things that he refuses to show the American people? Because nobody else has ever had to show them. Uh, President Bush's were leaked to uh, the press, and it turned out he was a C student, and uh, I think Al Gore was a D student, as a matter of fact. But, um, okay, here's the problem with that argument, okay? You already played that card with the, with the birth certificate bullshit, okay? You don't get to play another hand now, okay? You got the birth certificate and the long-form birth certificate. That's it. Now he's, he's showed his cards. You got to show your cards. You got to show the tax returns, all right? All I'm saying. All right. Oh, and when I said that uh, it's, it's not perfectly legal from the store money overseas, it, I, in some instances it is, and I think that's what they want to get to the bottom of, just so I wanted to clarify that. And this dude isn't the only person to be making this argument. I've seen this uh, on the internets in a, a bunch of blogs, but he's the only one to actually articulate it with um, audio and video. All right, enough of that nonsense. Uh, let's move on to our big interview. Andy Woodhall is a stand-up comedian who started his career in St. Louis, Missouri, fresh out of college. He's since moved to Los Angeles and now headlines clubs around the country. Here's our interview with Andy Woodhull. Okay, joining us on PF Tape Recorder, it's Andy Woodhall. Andy, how's it going? I'm great, I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Now, uh, you are from St. Louis, ostensibly, is that correct? Well, sort of. I went to college in St. Louis. Oh, uh, okay. I was there for about six years. All right. So I grew up in northern Indiana, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> northwest or northeast? Like Fort Wayne-ish or Maryville-ish? Uh, um, near Michigan. It's right by South Bend where I grew up. A town called okay. Park. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, they used to make uh, trailers there. Motorhome capital of the world. There you go, baby. All right. <laughs> um. So uh, wound up in St. Louis, part of the St. Louis comedy scene. So you know, like uh, Andy Smith and Greg Warren and all them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I do. So, uh, did you start comedy in college, or was it after college? You didn't want to start a, a, it was a right real job after college, two thousand three. Uh -huh. Okay. And was it a First matter of summer after college? Was it a matter of people saying you should be on stage, or did you just not want to get a real job, or did you always want to be a comedian <laughs> and figure you better try it before you had to? Uh, yeah, I would say I always wanted to be a comedian. When I was in, when I was in high school, I read uh, I read like a comedy book and I read a book that Jerry Seinfeld wrote about. He mentioned in it. I don't even think it was a big part of the book, 
just uh, he kept a notebook when he was younger and wrote funny things down in it. And I had been doing that since high school, so I just never really got the courage or whatever or saw an opportunity to try it until I found out about open mic night in Westport Plaza in St. Louis, Missouri. So you had a pretty big backlog of material then? Well, I mean, I had like two little notebooks filled. I wasn't writing in them all the time. Oh, okay. And basically everything was bad because I hadn't huh. ever done stand-up, so I didn't know how to write a joke, really. I basically had two notebooks full of Seinfeld jokes. That, uh, I mean, they weren't Seinfeld jokes, but they were jokes that Seinfeld would tell. Yeah, yeah. So except except they weren't good enough. <laughs> the observational setup punchline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, I guess you decided to you, you so you gradually moved away from that because you know I get you probably were looking for your own voice. How, how did that process go? Yeah, yeah. And also you learn uh, like as you get more into comedy, you learn about different kinds of comedy and like you pick your favorite comics and you want to be like them and. Yeah, and also you run out of observational stuff. So what's your set like so, these days for people that aren't that aren't familiar? I talk well, like 100% about myself. There might be one or two little observational things in there, but basically if you come see a set, you'll get a pretty good idea of what's going on in my life right now. I'm, uh, I'm dating a single mom. She's got two kids. I talk uh, about that quite a bit. Oh, uh, there you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a stories about your life essentially. Yeah, yeah. And do you ever find up a, a, though, like you'll be you know walking around St. Louis or whatever? Do you still live there, by the way? Uh, no, I live in Los Angeles. Oh, good for you. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you ever be walking around LA or driving around, probably more accurately, and, and think of a nice little jokey joke, but then think, wow, how can uh-huh. I fold this into something that already exists? Or maybe does it maybe inspire a story around it and think, oh, wow, actually this is kind of going to be a nice topic for uh, for a bit. Yeah, that's a really good example of how material develops. I'll, I'll have a good line about something, and then it'll just evolve from there. You know, I'll try the line, and then I'll try to tell the story that led up to the line. And Yeah, I, yeah okay. I have a lot of jokes that are four or five minutes long now that started off as just 30-second things. That's cool. So how long mm-hmm. have you been in Los Angeles? Uh, almost five months now, I think. Okay. Maybe, maybe not even that much. Maybe only four months. So uh, why the move to Los Angeles as opposed to, say, New York? Because I know there's two different schools of thought on it, you know, <laughs> the New York versus L.A. Yeah, thing. I mean, that's what I had more friends that lived in L.A., and it okay. kind of seemed like there were more writing jobs. And also uh-huh. I'm on the road pretty much full-time as is right now. Okay. So, uh I, I don't know. I, I wanted to get a writing job, and it seemed like there were more in L.A. That's the main reason, I guess. Okay, and, and has that been working out for you? <laughs> no, I don't have <laughs> one yet. <laughs> but, so, but you do envision... But, but still plugging away. I didn't expect sure. it to happen as soon as I moved there. Well, I hoped it would, but didn't expect it to. But then you do have other avenues you want to pursue for your comedy, because you know, some guys just you know strictly stand up, and other people are like, well, you know, I like doing stand up, but also, you know, just... just other, your, your no, I want to do stand up forever. Sure, you know, like to do other things too. Yeah, well, because uh, I'm sure you probably come up with stuff that you figure, wow, this would be even better if I could, you know, fold it mm-hmm. into a, into a bigger project. Yeah, yeah. So, what kind of writing are you looking to do? More like sitcom or uh, talk show or what? Or did... uh, yeah, both actually. I wouldn't be interested in getting a chance to try both things. I would like to 
write uh, for a sitcom, and I would also love to write for late night because that's where you really do get to write the joke jokes. Yes. You know, read the news and write the jokes. It's fun. It's kind of fun to do that, and I think I would like trying both things. Yeah, the, the nice thing about yeah. current events is always that, you know, the, the half the work's already done for you, as I always tell my comedy <laughs> students, is that it's, uh, yeah. the setup's already there for you. You just got to provide the punchline. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so you're touring around. Uh, have you been to Cincinnati before? I can't remember. I don't think I've ever... I've been a lot of times to okay. Cincinnati. This is my first time headlining oh, the club. There you go. Echo Bananas, yeah. Snuck in under the radar as a feature, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we're recording this ahead of the Brouhaha uh, Comedy Festival, but it'll be running after the Brouhaha Comedy Festival. So um, have you done a lot of festival work? (laughs) I haven't been to it before, but all of my friends say it's the most fun weekend of the year, so I'm really looking forward to it. It it is two things Cincinnati is known for, beer and comedy, so it's a a good mix. (laughs) Yeah, I I'm hoping that I can still have as good of a time as I thought I was going to have. I broke my leg on Sunday. Oh, no. What so I'm happened? I'm going to be hobbling around the festival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on, like, two different stages, too, I think, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Oh, that'll be, that'll am, be interesting. So. so how did you break your leg? <laughs> it was, uh, uh, I'm at my girlfriend's house, and uh, I was outside with one of her daughters, and uh, their puppy's sitting right now, so I was outside with a little girl and a puppy playing. And I twisted my ankle on a pine cone <laughs> and broke my leg. <laughs> and yeah. That, and so once you got back from the hospital, you grabbed the notebook, I assume, and <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens uh, with the brewery. It will be the first broken leg shows, I'm sure. I'm sure something will come out of it. I mean, it's a pretty. I I think it's a hilarious uh, story of how I broke it. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I was a little girl and a puppy. Isn't how you would expect to break a leg? No, no. <laughs> it's not on a, on a pine cone of all things. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's it's really embarrassing, actually. <laughs> hmm. Um. So, what are the kind of uh, creative outlets would you like to pursue uh, apart from you know television writing, you, you, screenplay, a stage play? Do you, do you do the Twitter thing at all? Uh, I tweet a little bit. Not uh yeah, you know, maybe I should do it more, but honestly, I don't really like reading Twitter. So I, <laughs> I mean, a lot of uh, do you tweet? Oh yeah, are, I'm are you into it? Oh yeah, totally. People that are into it love it, but I, yeah. I haven't been able to really get into it. I, I don't know. Maybe if, when I finally get into it, then I'll do it more often. I do about one or two a week. Yeah, it it is better for the jokey joke thing because it's you know it's constructed yeah. the way yeah for that for that very purpose. So it mm-hmm. uh, you really get to flex that muscle, but of course you know. It's also frustrating because you, you you launch these think you you think are gems and you know you don't get any kind of response and you're like oh man was, so right yeah. right but uh, uh, I don't know I would love to write a novel as far as other things go I've, I've started a couple times I think that would be really cool to just write a humorous novel uh, any any kind of premise interest to you like maybe a crime drama mystery or you know. Some- <laughs> Well, I used to lifeguard in the summers when I was younger. I wrote, I started writing one about oh. uh, it was lifeguarding, and then there was a science fiction element where they traveled to other dimensions from a water slide. Kind of ridiculous. Oh. But uh, oh. I love uh, I love Christopher Moore. Do you, do you ever hear of him? Um, I've heard the name. Yeah, well, he's a comic novelist, and there's often a little science fiction element in the stories, and I, I really enjoy him. I would like to 
I'd like to be able to write something in that vein. Hmm. I mean, be, one day, one day, I think I will. Yeah, humor in science fiction sometimes. Uh, it's it's kind of a mm-hmm. tough. I mean, you, you see a lot of humor in science fiction, but it's mostly just kind of like you uh-huh. know, comic relief, like anything else. Yeah, yeah there's genre. a couple writers that do it really well. Christopher Moore and there's, a, there's this other guy called uh, John Scalzi that writes really funny science fiction. Uh, well, Douglas Adams, of course, is probably the most widely known uh, comedy science fiction writer with Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, yeah, Douglas Adams. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever read those? Yeah, yeah, I have, uh, I have the ultimate guide that has all the books oh, in one, which rips you off because you, you should get the credit for reading, I think it's four or five books, but yeah, that's true, only yeah. one book on the bookshelf. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that reminds me, I've got to bring up my collection for my daughter to read. I think she did enjoy those. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do. How old is she? She is 15. Oh, yeah, she's ready. Yeah. She's ready, probably. So, yeah, she's uh, known as fangirl on the show to people listening. Oh, okay, yeah. great. Yeah, she does our... Very our cool. uh, Reports on the rock and roll music that the young people like to listen to. Oh, yeah. Yep. We almost went to a concert today. But uh, it's like a little for kids. Let me ask what that concert was. I wonder if your daughter thinks that band's cool or not. Hey, what is the name of the band we almost saw? Big Time Rush. You ever hear of that? Big Time, yeah. Big Time Rush. Fangirl. Big Actually. Time Rush. Opinion. Um, I actually really <laughs> like their show. Not if it's victorious, but their music, it's back and forth. It's kind of like you with Maroon 5, how you like every other single. There you go. What did she say? I'm sorry. I can't hear that, it. Uh, big Time Rush, she likes, like, uh, alternately likes their songs that they released. Their, but um, she's much more into, like, uh, these, uh, what we call, what they call the screamo bands of Mice and Men and Falling in Reverse. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, some pretty, uh, pretty more grown-up taste nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. that's got to be good for you, right? Yeah, so we like their bands. Um, although within that, I, I kind of like different bands than she does. But it's interesting because we like you know keep each other up to date on on new stuff. And then the eight year old follows along too. So, uh-huh. and so. Okay. okay, there you go. We have a new sampler to listen to too. All right. So well, besides apart from music, what else do you do when you're uh, not making people laugh? Uh, um. Ah, uh, well, I mean, I like reading. I. We like swimming. My girlfriend coaches swimming. I watched a lot of swimmies this summer of her kids. Ah. Cool. And, uh, I mean, comedy takes up most of my life. So yeah. Between so. a relationship and comedy, there's not a lot of other extracurriculars. You know, I don't golf or anything. I like yeah. to play basketball with my friends. Ah. But I don't know how interesting that is. <laughs> I'm really bad at it. Well, as a former lifeguard, I can kind of see the attraction now with the swim instructor. It all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you get to the beach much there in California, or are you more of a swimming pool guy? Um, no, I love the beach. I haven't. Uh, I've been maybe a couple times since I've been there. Just, uh, yeah, I love the beach. I've, I've tried surfing once. Way, way more difficult than I thought oh, it was going to be. Oh, yeah, as everybody says, yeah. But I'd love to try that sometime. Yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah, you should try it. You know what I did that I loved on Lake Michigan, which is a lot calmer, is that stand-up paddleboard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of gives you the mm-hmm. feeling that you're surfing, but it's not quite as difficult. Right, yeah. And, um, I mean, the waves can get pretty big on the Great Lakes. People don't realize. Yeah, yeah, it was a calm day. Things can get a bit there. choppy there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All righty, then. Um... All right. Uh, well, great. Um, well, uh, uh, have a good right, tri- yeah. have a safe trip uh, later. I assume you're flying uh, in probably either tomorrow or Friday for for this. Yeah, I'll be coming in on uh, Friday, but I'm going to drive. I got a rental car. 
right. I'm in North Carolina right now. I'm not coming. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. LA, so. All right, man. I'm going to drive in. We'll, we'll see you. Yeah, say, uh, I'll say hi. I'll be the guy in the leg break. Yeah, you'll be easy to find. I'll come over and introduce myself. <laughs> All right, man. All right, Talk thanks, Andy. All right, bye. again to Andy Woodhall for being on the show. You can catch Andy in Cincinnati September 6th through the 9th at Go Bananas and then in Dayton, Ohio September 20th through September 23rd at the Funny Bone right there at the Green. And that's a, it's a lovely area to go to. All right, uh, we'll have links to Andy's website, of course, for more information on all things Andy. Uh, PS Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. Uh, music for PS Tape Recorder was uh, recorded and performed and produced and all that fun stuff by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. Uh, I am off to do my set at the Brouhaha Comedy Festival tonight as I am uh, finishing up recording this on Saturday. So I'll let you know how that went next week. I had some viewer mail that we didn't get to, but um, I'll catch up to you next week because we are up against the clock. Uh, so all I have time to say is so long and thanks for listening. Bye.